All right, so today is still June 5th, just approximately an hour or so later than the first episode. Um, so we'll be, I'll be continuing on with what I said I was going to be doing. Um, so, yeah, uh, this episode's topic is general thoughts on... Uh, how a constitutional democratic republic is supposed to work, including the electoral college. So, I've heard a lot of people complain about this. A lot is the right word. But, several. And typically, it is because they are uninformed about how this is supposed to work. Without getting into too much history, um, the people who created the system, meaning the United States, uh, intended it to be slow, deliberate, um, and not up to whatever anybody, whatever the majority wants, or no, whatever the mob wants. So whatever the mob determines, um, especially when it comes to presidential stuff, um, that's why popular vote does not directly elect president. Um, so a democratic republic, constitution democratic republic, it's obviously three key elements that all play into each other. Democracy, republicanism, and a constitution. The existence of an implementation and uh, appropriate um, revision, amendation, that's even a word, of a constitution. So, um, yeah, Constitution, obviously, a set of majority or universally agreed upon set of boundaries, expectations, limits, rules, powers, etc. sometimes in a provincial or state level. Um, so, so that's the Constitution. Um, a democratic republic. So not to be confused with the shit show in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, 
which is not a Democratic Republic. <laughs> they just call themselves that. Um, I mean, officially, they probably are a Democratic Republic, but they don't function like one. Um, but, so, people think that the United States is a democratic, or democracy. It is not. We have democratic principles, such as freedom of choice, mostly. Um, yeah, it centers around freedom of choice. For all-ish. For agreed-upon set of criteria. That being, um, Consensual, mature, <laughs> mature, um, <laughs> consensual, agreed upon level of age and ability. Because you can't have that to be taken away. Um, to perform responsibly. But that's a little fast and loose sometimes. Because, like, you know, if you've been committed a felony, obviously. Or you no longer have the faculties. Or did not in the first place. But that's not really the point. Um, so, yeah, freedom of choice. That's what makes up a democracy. Um, that's our core democratic principle. Um, however,. We are not a full-blown democracy, or at least at the federal level, or at any state level. We are a democratic republic. Um, what a democracy would look like would be whatever a, a strict popular vote. Um, that may work at a small community level, but is not effective at a federal, national or on any kind of broad scale. Um, it's essentially anarchy. It's what the mob wants. It's mob rule. That is what um, a strict democracy is. People often point that, well, ancient Greece was a democracy. Well, let's preface, let's, let's, let's put that into context. So, ancient Greece which wasn't, there was no such thing as Greeks. Um, they were Greeks, or they were Hellens, as they like to call themselves. They were of the same ethnicity, but that was pretty much it. Um, only in Athens did democracy actually work for a period of about 30 years. And then it reverted to an oligarchy. Um... So, but what democracy looked like there was every person, I can't remember the criteria, but it's, I think it's every land-owning male in the city-state of Athens was able to vote. 
and they were not electing representatives. They were directly electing um, their leader. Did that leader come from a party? No. Um, did that leader necessarily have a formal platform of ideals? No. Um, definitely not. That leader did not have to answer to a legislative body other than, I guess you would technically call the landowning males a legislative body. This would be technically called them that. Um, so that's democracy. Overall, a strict democracy doesn't work, obviously. Um, at least not for very long. On a major scale, especially during times of crisis. Because that's kind of when the democracy of Athens kind of fell apart, was after the Peloponnesian Wars. Um, yeah. But, a republic with democratic principles does work for what it's intended to do. Um, people often point that Rome was a republic and it failed. That is true, but it did not fail because it was a republic. It failed because the Senate did not have exercised proper control over its elected leader and or leaders. Um, which frequently happens in, in republics, especially federation republics. Um, which is kind of what Rome was and Germany was, actually it still is, to be honest. Um, uh, leading up to the takeover of the Nazi party. So there is that. Um, but here's the caveat. The Republican system in the, in the United States is different from those in the European model in that we elect our representatives directly 
you don't just elect a party and then the party sits down and sends out the representatives. That's not... Or like it was in Rome. Where that was sort of the case. I don't think they had parties. But they had groups of people that were elected. It's kind of a, it's more of, the, the Rome is different, uh, if I remember correctly. But the German model is flawed. Extremely flawed. And problematic. Because you're not directly electing the people that then represent you. At least not first. You're electing a party. And then, the, depending on the, the results of the election, that's how many seats that party had in the legislative body. And then that legislative body then elects the executive leaders. So, how the American system is different? is that the a lot of people think that the popular vote does not have an effect on the electoral vote. That's not true. So that's kind of what I'm getting at. Um, Alright, trip one. Um, this is basically how it's supposed to work. The especially after the reforms of the turn of the or of the early twentieth century of the progressive era. Um, early twentieth century reforms, senators. The United States became directly elected and weren't elected or weren't chosen by the state legislatures. Which I can see how that could be a corruption problem, but at the same time, those state legislatures had to be elected by a popular vote. So. The entire legislative body, the United States, Congress, is directly elected by people in districts. How gerrymandered they are is this is is how that is. Aside from that, they are directly elected. That's what matters. They are directly elected. 
They are literally of the people, sort of. They can be career politicians, but they are literally of the people. Um, they may have qualifications, but they are literally directly elected by the people. Um, the legislative body then um, determines what is acceptable. of the executive branch of the government. Um, this is kind of how the checks and balances work. They determine what's acceptable. Now, the executive branch holds a lot of power, um, especially at the top. So, and the, the, the founding people they knew this, um, and they wanted to prevent that. So they didn't want a mob of people electing one person to have a lot of power. Um, there had to be a, a multi-step process to that. So um, So one person couldn't just sweep through the nation and gathering supporters and then all electing solely on a popular vote. Um, or a... No, no, that's not the best word. have to, you know, gain enough popular votes in each state to gain the electoral um, gain the electoral the electors. And then the electors Whoever has the most electors, well, not the most electors, the required number of electors, they then, you know, do that. Um, so that's what the word. So then, the executive and his executive people under him. They deem what is appropriate for what a government should be doing from what the legislative deems acceptable. So, going off that, then there is the judicial, right? Not elected. Not chosen. Well, they're chosen, but they're not elected. Because some, they needed expertise. And obviously, as we've seen, not everyone in the legislative and the executive has expertise. 
and it's designed that way. So that an amalgamation of backgrounds and opinions and perspectives can sit and talk about an issue or determine what is appropriate and acceptable for what a government should be doing. Um, the judicial with their credentials, with their expertise, determines what is allowed. Our government, what a legislative, what the legislative and the executive are allowed to deem acceptable and appropriate. So, And that is how the power structure works. In a constitutional democratic republic. Now, about that power, today is June 11th, year 2023. Recently, if one goes back and looks at the news and happenings, a massive negotiation took place to avoid the debt ceiling whatever. People don't understand Maybe they understand this, or maybe they're just avoiding it. Um, about that entire situation. He was all about power. It was not about idea, I, ideas. It wasn't about... Um, what... Who thinks what... What should happen. And yeah, that, that was, those, those things were certainly part of the deal. But, it was about power. In the last... Um, let's just say recently. In recent history, the executive branch has been gaining a lot of power. And in order to support that power, it needs the money, from the funds from Congress the budget to be approved by Congress. In recent history, despite people complaining in Congress about the increasing amount of budgetary hoo-ha, um, they have pretty much rolled over to whatever the president wants to do, whatever the president suggests. I think that's beginning to change. Um, Congress 
least the House of Representatives under McCarthy beginning to want its power back. Uh, and I think that's bipartisan. Um, what that looks like is they want more control over the spending. Um, people will think that is ultra-conservative. In a way it is, but it's not ultra-conservative in like party identity terms. Um, is libertarianist. I guess, because that's, I think that's a misconception that people get, especially the news, liberal news media gets, and news media in general, that Speaker McCarthy is a ultra-conservative, quote-unquote, MAGA Republican. He isn't. He may have to, he works with them, obviously. He may have to agree sometimes with what they're saying, just to appease them. But he is a libertarian Republican. Obviously. He's from California, which is kind of weird. Um, he obviously can't be an outright libertarian in California. Just, you're not going to win anything there. Even being Republican. It's a little dicey. In California. So... He is a Republican in California, under the label Republican, but he has libertarian principles. He has a libertarianist platform, meaning he wants to control the presidential spending. Um, he wants the power to reside back in the legislative branch. Um, because I think now, especially that... This is, Ukraine throws a curveball into the mix of this, but as the United States is receding from the global stage, at least militarily, the executive branch is running out of reasons to demand that much financial power and not have to go through significant hurdles and hoops and that kind of stuff to get that financial power from Congress. You would really have to convince them. I think we're going back to a political climate of, or at least a federal political climate somewhere like probably from the outbreak of World War II back to the turn of the century. I think that's how this is going to work. Um, but yeah. I think that's it. Um, that's the end of the listed topics that I have for this weekend. Um, probably have more topics by next weekend.
Um, yeah, 